Hey there, Cryptid Keepers. It's Addison here, and before our episode starts, I wanted to talk to you briefly about a new sponsor. Studio, S-U-D-I-O, is a company that wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Not just as a tech device, but also as an accessory. Currently, the headphones market can offer you one of two things, style or tech. Fashionable headphones often lack the proper sound quality, and the high-tech variations are bulky and not design-oriented. Studio works to bridge that gap. While emphasizing modern Scandinavian design, they also provide a product that matches the quality of even the highest-rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. Alex and I were fortunate enough to receive some of their headphones to try, and we can tell you that these models worked amazingly. I tried out the Regent, which is the premium on-ear model with impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones as well as well-balanced sound. It has 24-plus hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life. It's the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. It can connect to any device that has Bluetooth, but also has an auxiliary cord if you don't have the wireless option. This particular model is excellent for me because I am a voice actor from home and I need to be editing audio all the time. So this allows me to have a comfortable and convenient way to listen to what I'm doing and hear all the little details. Alex got to use the Tray, T-R-E, which is the newest model for those with an active lifestyle. It has 9 plus hours of active battery life and 10 days of standby life. It's the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. It's made of sweatproof material that has custom wing tips that stay comfortably in your ear no matter how fast you're moving. You'll never be caught off guard when wearing them as they provide sound transparency. You can listen to music but still be aware of your surroundings. That keeps you safe. The tray comes with a clip to keep the cord secure on your shirt if you're moving around a lot, and a carrying pouch so your headphones never get ruined in your bag again. And Studio is offering our listeners a 15% off discount if they use the code KEEPER15. That counts as 15% off of any purchase. So if you want to treat yourself this year to some quality headphones with a sleek, modern design, you can go to www.studiosweden.com. That's S-U-D-I-O-S-W-E-D-E-N.com and use the promo code KEEPER15. That's K-E-E-P-E-R-15. And now back to your regularly scheduled Cryptid Keeper programming. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening that means you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock took her a second for that intro she was on her phone <laughs> looking at my notes millennial look at my notes <laughs> i'm not gonna look at your notes i don't i have no uh i have no knowledge of what you're bringing to the table today yes as usual true. i actually i think about this sometimes i love how much work we put into like preserving the mystery of the crypto <laughs> for the first few minutes knowing full well that anybody who listens to these episodes has the name of the monster like in the title of the episode <laughs> i know this is literally just for us which i, I know it's nice you know what I are we talking about today well today we're talking about 
A mixture of two things, uh, because I did another fun little Patreon poll, and when I, and I actually closed this one because I needed to allow myself time to do the research, I had yeah, to be like, fair. this ends at this time. And by the time it ended, two of the things had actually won, and thankfully one of them has a lot more information than the other, so I'm going to tack on the other one at the end like a little bonus cryptid, because it oh, really okay. only had like two things, and they were very short. So I'm glad that one didn't win, <laughs> actually, because uh, that would have been stressful. Um, Next time you got to pre-search. I did pre-search. I, I just, I, a lot of, there was a site all about this other cryptid and I should have checked it out before I listed it on the poll because then when I went to the site, it didn't exist anymore. It said the wiki oh, had no. expired and I think it's because the government shut it down because they don't want you to know. Okay. Also, the site was initially written by the cryptid itself. We just put a whole bunch of selfies on there. <laughs> I'll tell you what the site was called later, and you'll oh, think man. that's really funny. Oh, okay, God, so ready. what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to kick us off with a, a cryptid that is actually people have been talking to me about for quite some time and appeals to my interests uh, as a cryptozoologist and also a bird enthusiast. So I would like to talk about the, I would like to talk about the owl man. Yes! I would like to talk Thank about God. the owl man. I love the owl. He's a man, he's this. an owl. Oh, and just for the people who already know this, considering probably the show notes and everything, I will be closing this episode off with a little, uh, a little dessert course of the beaver shark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coming to you soon from the sci-fi channel. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the owl man. So I want to go with a little primer from newanimal.org first, which actually okay, has some good. sources that I couldn't get a hold of because most of these are books and I would need to order them or find them in a library somewhere. But I do plan to check these out at some point. The Owlman is the name of a strange hybrid creature that, appropriately enough, combines human and owl anatomy. Fair. Owlman's size is said to be the same as a regular human. He is often seen flying, which should rule out a person in a costume. <laughs> he makes a hissing noise and has glowing red Wait, eyes. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> There's a lot to love already. We're, go, we're just diving head first. I love him. I love that. I'm a little confused by the phrasing, should rule out a person in a costume. It should. It should, but also they're not willing to make a definitive stand. Maybe on that it part. doesn't. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Let's Look, keep going. I saw a video on the internet. I saw a video oh. where a gentleman strapped a fire extinguisher to his back and used it to to lift himself off of the ground. Now, mind you, this was only for a few seconds. I'm almost positive this was an episode of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Are you sure? Did the people in the episode look like they were from Jimmy Neutron? Or did they look like no, real humans? This was a human man. <laughs> a human man. Okay. This was a human man with, no, in three dimensions. This was, I mean, well, so was Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> It <laughs> was a human man. It might, mind you, have been... Jimmy Neutron's dad's name is Hugh. I know people... <laughs> I know people on the internet like to do pranks, but I'm pretty sure this was legitimate. I'm pretty sure no one on the internet would lie to me. So... What I understand from that video is that humans are capable... Human men are capable of flight, and human all, of all genders are capable of flight for several seconds at a time, possibly more. Wow. So... You know, I also, uh, I actually, I was on an airplane recently, and it turns out humans can fly for a No, I'm time. not talking, I know about airplanes, <laughs> Alex. I'm not talking about some BS metal bird. I'm talking about a human I'm in the world. I'm familiar with the concept of the I airplane. I am talking about a naked, not naked, I am talking about a human, <laughs> Please, not no. within a vessel, achieving the miracle of flight. Okay. Anyway. Okay. But that's not what I'm even, that is not what we are here to talk about. That is not what we are here to talk about. 
I don't know why I got so jazzed up. I don't know why I got so riled up by this. I don't know where all this this strange energy came from. I can tell you where it came from. Where? It's the fact that for a solid 45 seconds before we started recording this episode, we were just doing Gravity Falls impersonations. And none of them were good on my part. I will not speak for yours, but I cannot do any Gravity Falls impressions. Anyway, may I continue? Yeah, do I is. have your permission? <laughs> yes. Thank you. He makes a hissing noise oh, and has glowing you know, like owls and has glowing red eyes. The claws on his feet are unusually large and are black in color. His feathers are generally described as light gray or white. Owlman has been sighted by many witnesses in Monon Woods. I think it's Monon. Monan Monon M A W N A N Woods. I'm sure someone's going to tell me why I'm wrong. And in the cemetery, I'm okay with that by the way. And in the cemetery at Monan Monan, oh my gosh. Old Church in Cornwall, Britain. He's a British boy. Oh, is he now? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Then you mean lad. Well, he mostly appears to young girls. Oh, no. And it is thought that there is something demonic about him. What's up with these British cryptids? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, England, you need to answer for some stuff. Okay. Yeah, hold your cryptids accountable, England. You need to answer for some things. First, I heard, I heard, I've heard some stuff about some several members of your government. I've heard some very weird gossip about several members of your government. Well, and now, not that we are ones to talk. No, okay, fair. Not that we are ones to talk. And now this. So, the saying, like Spring Hill Jack, and then this guy. Okay. Some researchers have suggested that Owlman is a hoax that was created as a counterpart to America's Mothman. I have heard that. Some people suggest he's a cheap knockoff. I take offense to that. I think that's very rude. I take offense to cheap knockoffs of the Mothman. I understand that. Still talking to you, Chicago. Oh, well, it's interesting that you mentioned Chicago. Because uh, I actually found in my research on the Owlman, before I get into like a little bit more general kind of overview of the Owlman stuff, I want to mix up the formula a little bit and drop a sighting in at the beginning here. Uh-huh. Uh, mix it up. You got to keep the people on their toes. We've been doing this for 40 something episodes now, like 40 and some change. And I feel like I don't want anything to get stagnant. So I need to just remind people you can just pull the rug out from under them at any second. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is certain in this world. Okay. We like to shock our audience into enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is certain in this world. And I think it's important that they learn. Wow, okay. Um, anyway, no, in all seriousness. This series- episode's coming in hot. <laughs> I've had some coffee today. I did not sleep enough last night. This is happening. You up late watching those animes. <laughs> I was. I was up late watching my animes. Um, anyway, that's not what they're here to learn about. They're here to learn about Owlman. So um, from phantomsandmonsters.com, this is just a... I'm going to stick this in at the beginning because you mentioned Chicago. Um, from April 20th, 2017, we have Breaking Third Chicago Owlman sighting reported. Chicago, Illinois. April 16th, 2017. (laughs) Yes, go on. This is uh, a first-person sighting here. I was hanging out with my boys and a few friends. As we talked about work and our families, we heard what sounded like a bird flapping its wings. One of my homies yelled out that he saw a huge lechuza, note Spanish for barn owl, uh, over by the road. We walked over there and saw what looked like a big owl. As we walked up, this owl stood up on two feet and looked right at us. We saw what looked like a huge lechuza, except it was about six feet tall and really big. It had large glowing red eyes that were completely freaking everybody out. We all yelled, and this thing took off into the air and took off toward North Avenue. This thing freaked us all out and scared all our kids. The sighting location is the Humboldt Park community near the park, and this was reported by MUFON. Either... The Chicago Owlman was being mistaken for Mothman by some uh, yes. rubes. Yes, Natch. 
Or Chicago just keeps stealing everybody else's cryptid thunder because they don't have a good city cryptid. What's up with that, Chicago? It's like kind of rude. Chicago, actually. you gotta like you gotta run on your own brand. You yeah. already have things like like sub zero temperatures and deep dish pizza and a giant bean and improv comedy. Yeah, right. Well, don't you have enough? One. You have enough. Anyway, but maybe but maybe I'm being hasty. Maybe the, the owl man of Chicago is legitimate. And or maybe the one from England took a break from tormenting the young women of England. Quick trip over the pond. <laughs> Go hang out with me lads. We can't do this, Alex. <laughs> I will. This is specifically for Henry Galley. <laughs> Have a cheeky Nando's. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. All right. Well, now I've completely lost my place. Chicago. Not on Chicago anymore. Now I'm uh, on the cryptids wiki, our old friend. Talking about... The Owl Man and some of its classic sightings. What's up? Owl Man is the name given to a large owl like creature similar to Mothman, right? All right, we talked about that. Lives in Cornwall, England. And the first sighting of it took place in 1976 in the village of Monan. The Owl Man is sometimes seen as the English equivalent to Mothman. We'll talk about this soon. I want to get your opinion on this. The more you learn about the Owl Man, the more I would like you to do a little compare and contrast. Yeah, sure. Because you are our resident Mothman expert. Yes. So. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. So, here are the most famous sightings, okay? In the year of 17... 17. Oh, my God. In the year of 17. <laughs> in the year... And you're going to be... You're going to laugh when you hear what the actual year was, because I messed up really bad. There's not a 17 in it. In the year of 1976... What? In the year of 1976, a paranormal researcher by the name of Tony Doc Shields... That's Doc is his nickname, not his middle oh, okay. name. Nor is it a legitimate title. All right came forwards claiming that he had investigated a report of two young girls on holiday in Monan who saw a large winged creature hovering above the church tower on April 17th, 1976. So that's the very first sighting. And okay. the girls dubbed the creature Owlman. That's the gotcha. origin of his name. So I will go more into that sighting later, but this is my Mothman... Mothman, help! I'm sorry, I just did that. Please don't look <laughs> at me like that. This is my Owlman primer. Okay. Okay. On July 3rd, of the same year, 14-year-old Sally Chapman was camping with a friend, Barbara Perry, in the woods near a church. According to her account, as she stood outside her tent, she heard a hissing sound and turned to see a figure that looked like an owl as big as a man with pointed ears and big red eyes. The girls reported that the creature flew up into the air, revealing black pincher-like claws. Sightings of this figure continued to be reported on the following day, when it was described as silvery gray, and on two occasions two years later, in June and August of 1978, all within the vicinity of the church. Okay, can I just insert, like, a quick hot take here? Mm-hmm. Do people in Britain know what owls look like? <laughs> I mean, I assume so, because they're responsible for Harry Potter. They're like, you know, glowing red eyes and big black pinchers, <laughs> like owls have. Alex, you realize you're speaking of the country responsible for the most owl-saturated piece of media in possibly the history of the world, aside from that Guardians of Gahul movie, right? Which is why I'm so confused, because it makes me wonder if I've been reading Harry Potter wrong all this time. <laughs> I was like, huh, owls. That doesn't make like a lot of sense for to be a magical creature, but that's cool, I guess. Can you imagine if what they think are owls are, in fact, like, six-foot giant bug people, like, flying mail around into Hogwarts? I don't think so, since they did make a film. With glowing red eyes. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe there were some oversights. Maybe Maybe, like, J.K. Rowling showed up to the first production meeting with, like, the, <laughs> you know, some people, and was like, oh, is that, that's, oh, no, it, no, it's fine, carry on, no, it's, it's fine, that's, that's owls for you, I guess. Here's the thing. It's like the first time somebody was like, football, and the Americans were like, yeah, we can play that, and they're like, oh, that's, oh, oh, you, 
No, that's no, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Football. That's You're doing fine. sure doing a great football. Good job, guys. <laughs> that's a great football you did. Love well, those owls. I do say that it does cast Uncle Vernon's uh, distaste for having Hedwig in the house in a very different light. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's like, get that thing out of my house, and it's just like you pan over to Harry's windowsill. There's like a six foot creature with glowing red eyes, just like sort of hunched over. Oh man, I uh, love that. My mind. Love I that. have a personal theory that has not been brought up by anyone, but I have a very per- a personal theory about what the owl man actually is that I will go into in a minute, but <laughs> no one cares about that right now. Uh, they're going to hear it whether they care about it or not, because I can do what I want, but... <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know why I'm so aggressive today. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just feeling feisty. Anime's a bad influence. <laughs> Anime's got me feeling feisty. It's turning our children violent. <laughs> Can you, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm living for like the day 50 years from now where, you know, how like, I don't know, old people today will be like, oh, I got to go watch my stories or my soaps. And like, I don't know. I just want there to be in 50 years a revival of that kind of talking where it's like, oh, what are you doing, Grandma Addison? You're like, I got to go watch my animes. Every time I go over to grandma's house, she always makes me watch Cardcaptor Sakura with her. <laughs> it's the only thing on. <laughs> she always makes me watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Her TV portal only gets Crunchyroll. <laughs> I'm so sick of watching Subasa Reservoir Chronicles projected onto the screen I have implanted inside my retinas. Um, <laughs> Grandma's wall screen only gets Devilman Crybaby on Sunday mornings. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the Owl Man. The reason you clicked on this accursed audio file. Um... Because both of the 1970s sightings involved Doc Shields, an eccentric with a fondness for a fondness for hoaxes. Oh no! <laughs> Researcher Jonathan Downs acknowledges that Shields could have invented the Owl Man. However, Jonathan Downs claims to have interviewed a young man whom he calls Gavin, who encountered the Owl Man in 1989, independently of Shields. Gavin and his girlfriend claimed to have seen the creature. I'm sorry, girlfriend was also in quotation marks. <laughs> and his girlfriend, Gavin, and his girlfriend. So he claims. Um, I, I actually <laughs> you, like, I, go over and ask the girl, and she's like, "What? No, I just met this guy." <laughs> I have more in depth on all these sightings in a bit, but I wanted these again overview. Um, and uh, also in 1995, the year I was born, a female tourist from Chicago, all right, fair, wrote to the Western Morning News in Truro, claiming to have seen a man bird with a ghastly face, a wide mouth, glowing eyes, and pointed ears, as well as clawed wings. It could have been anybody. <laughs> The clawed wings thing gives a little more credence to your theory of none of these people know what owls look like, but (laughs) I do want to tell you about uh, my personal theory of what the owl man might be. I would like to introduce you to a little friend of mine. A little friend of mine. He's a great prince of hell. Mm -hmm. He commands 26 legions of demons and teaches astronomy and knowledge of poisonous plants, herbs, and precious stones. Yep, I know who we're talking about. (laughs) Stolas! Uh, He's so great. Stolas! He's so good. So if you're wondering who Stolas is, he is a demon. Um, a demon, a great prince of hell. He's depicted as a crowned owl with long legs, a raven, or a man. So he's an owl and a man. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, there is something to be said for that. These uh, these is taken from a list of demons in the uh, art Gotia. But yeah, Stolas is a big owl demon, and he teaches... See, he's not tormenting the young girls, he's just here to teach them about poisonous plants and astronomy. Yeah, no, he's a cool, fun friend. Yeah. <laughs> I like this friend. I like Stolas. <laughs> but that's who it is. That's my personal... Maybe Stolas is just, like, teaching night classes at UChicago, you know? I mean, like... Yes! Uh, I don't know if any of you listeners uh, have seen pictures of the picture, like, the particular illustration <laughs> I made Alex look at that I, I think about all the time, pretty much see every time I close my eyes, but <laughs> it just looks like... 
an adorable giant owl with very long legs. It's great. It's a very, like, Lewis Carroll-esque illustration, actually, um, and I'm very here for it. And it's just, like, kind of quirky and offbeat, but it's a lot Oh, of yeah. It's really nice. It's really good. I want to tell you about the, the, the Gavin sighting, uh, or the two sightings I was just talking about, actually. Um, the two later ones, not the 1970s ones, that were attributed to potentially being part of a hoax, but the um, sighting that Downs reported in 1989, and then the sighting from 1995. That was mm-hmm. the woman who wrote into the Chicago paper. Um, or no, she didn't write into the Chicago paper. She was from Chicago, wrote into the paper. So the first account of this creature that did not involve Shields was reported uh the man, um, known only as Gavin. Now, this one puts Gavin in quotes as well, but this does not put girlfriend in quotes. It does, however, put her name in quotes, Sally. Oh. Claimed to have seen the beast in the flesh in 1989. Gavin described the event in his diary. We had a torch, and I was shining its beam across the trunks about 15 feet off the ground. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but, since, but English people have all kinds of funny words for things. And a torch is not what you're thinking, unless you're English, in which it is what you're thinking. A torch (laughs) is a flashlight. Flashlight is a torch. All right. Just a fun little translation, uh, bridging the gap across the pond for you. Really quick, here on the Cryptid Keeper. Okay. So (laughs) they're shining the flashlight across the trunks about 15 feet off the ground. We saw the animal at about 9.30 p.m. It was standing on a thick branch with its wings sort of held up at the arms. Um, I'd say that it was about five feet tall. But it has both wings and arms? I don't know what he means by this. I didn't write it. Gavin, I don't know. I don't know about Gavin. All right. But anyway, I'm going to continue with this. Yeah. Gavin's writing style, I cannot speak to. I cannot speak for. I cannot defend. I have no stance on it. It is what it is what it is. Anyway, I don't know why I went down such a journey. All right. Uh, Its wings were held about the arms. Should I try a dialect for this? Should I? I think you should. Sorry, I'd say it was about five feet tall. The legs had high ankles, and the feet were large and black, with two huge toes on the visible side. I don't know what this accent is. It's not a regular English accent. Just no. Let it let it come to you. (laughs) The creature was grey and brown, and the eyes definitely glowed. On seeing us, its head jerked down and forwards. Its wings lifted, and it just jumped backwards. As it did, its legs folded up. We ran away. We didn't know what to do about it, and essentially vowed never to tell anyone. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm a voice actor. Hire well, the me. mischief in it. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> All right, lads. <laughs> Let me tell you about a thing what I saw. Oh, no. It's an almond. It's right. an almond. <laughs> that sounds good. Like that's the same thing. Almond. <laughs> no, that's almonds. <laughs> I'm really sorry to all the English listeners who just turned this podcast off and threw their listening device out the nearest window. Anyway, I'm not going to do that again, mostly because this next one's not an English account. Uh, In the summer of 1995, a witness, a student from Chicago who requested she remain anonymous, chronicled the incident in a letter she sent to the night editor of the Western Morning News in Truro. I'm sorry, the night editor also sounds like a superhero from the DC universe. (laughs) I mean... If the condiment king is a supervillain, then why can't the night editor be? Calendar man! (laughs) I think about the condiment king a lot. Anyway, so here's her letter. You know who I think about a lot as a villain in the DC universe? Evil Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, True. All right. Um, So this is her letter to the night editor. Night at the editor. Or night at the editorial room. I don't know. The papers come to life. I don't know. Just keep going. going Just keep going. I'm going to cut that. All right. (laughs) Beep! All right. Dear sir. I am a student of marine biology at the Field Museum, Chicago, on the last day of a summer vacation in England. 
I'm glad that they're telling us that they're a student of marine biology because it's a really nice explanation for why they don't know what birds look like. <laughs> Last Sunday evening, I had a most unique and frightening experience in the wooded area near the old church at Monon Cornwall. Mm. I experienced what I can only describe as a vision from hell. The time was 15 minutes after nine, more or less, and I was walking along a narrow track through the trees. I was halted in my tracks when, about 30 meters ahead, I saw a monstrous man-bird thing. It was the size of a man, with a ghastly face, a wide mouth, glowing eyes, and pointed ears. It had huge clawed wings and was covered in feathers of silver and gray color. The thing had long bird legs, which terminated in long, black claw- long large black claws. It saw me and arose, floating toward me. I just screamed, then turned and ran for my life. The whole experience was totally irrational and dreamlike. Friends tell me that there is a tradition of a phantom owl man in that district. Now I know why. I've seen the phantom myself. Please don't publish my real name and address. This could adversely affect my career. Now I have to rethink my worldview entirely. Yours very sincerely scared. Eyewitness. Think we'll call them? Gavin. (laughs) Yes. So that was uh, my favorite because I just, I, that was the most, one of, it's one of the more detailed sightings you're going to get. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like that. That's like a much, that's a better mental picture for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Well, the way she describes the eyes in that one sound like the face of like a, or and the face sound like a barn owl. Yeah. Kind of like a, like, I think she even said slitted eyes. I'd have to pull it back up again and I'm already on to my next page because you got to just keep moving forward. There's nothing for you behind you. Never, never look back. Never look back. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. We can't think about that. We got to keep moving forward. Momentum. You're, you're right. You're right. Now, though, I will talk a little bit about possible prankster slash hoaxster Tom Tony Doc Shields. I want to talk about his sightings that he reported. This is coming from a piece by the Lineup, okay. which has a lot of fun uh, pieces about weird happenings and spooky stuff from and true crime stuff as well but from all around the world um now so let's talk about paranormal researcher tony doc shields a very weird thing happened over the easter weekend paranormal researcher tony doc shields said in a letter written in 1976 he went on to describe the first known appearance of the creature known as the cornish owl man or the owl man of Mawman, are named for the village in cornwall near where it was observed so according to shields He was approached by a man named Don Melling, who had been visiting the area on vacation. His two young daughters, 12-year-old June and 9-year-old Vicky, had been walking through the woods near the church when they saw a strange creature hovering over the church tower. The sighting frightened them so much that the family decided to cut their vacation short. Oh. Which is nice of them to actually take their kids seriously, because in my experience, when when kids see something scary, people are just kind of like, no, I don't think so. I think you just have an overactive imagination. Kid um, these days, am I right? Exactly. Shields wrote that he was sure the man wasn't just making it up. He wouldn't allow Shields to interview either of the girls, but he did give Shields a sketch that June had made of the creature. Would you like to see her sketch of the creature? I would love nothing more. Oh, <laughs> a nice friend. Tell the people what you see. Um. Okay, so here's what I see. Uh. Okay, okay, okay. Are you familiar with... <laughs> With uh, with Sam Eagle from the Muppets. Yes, <laughs> because that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. I mean, yeah, fair. I'm kind of seeing Sam Eagle, but with pointy ears. I understand the tufts. I feel like they're pointy. People keep saying pointy ears, but I feel like they're actually tufts. yeah. I think they're like the owl tufts. That's like, what I've been everyone envisioning. Keep, yeah, everyone keeps saying pointy ears, and I'm like, I think they're just tufts. Yeah, but no, this is straight up Sam Eagle. Yeah, and by the way, you can find this illustration 
the sketch pretty easily by searching June Melling, and that's M-E-L-L-I-N-G, and June, like, the month, the way you think of it as being spelled. If you search that name and then Owlman, you'll find this pretty easily. So you can take a look and let me know for yourself what you think. But the story from his letter was published in a pamphlet entitled Morgar, The Monster of Falmouth Bay by Anthony Maunen Peller. It came out that same year. Two readers of the pamphlet were teenagers, Sally Chapman and Barbara Perry. Two more young girls, or young women. While camping in the woods near the church, the young girls reported hearing a hissing sound and seeing a creature outside their tent that looked like an owl, but was as big as a man. They contacted Shields, to whom they described the creature. It was like a big owl with pointed ears as big as a man, Chapman said. The eyes were red and glowing. Wait, I'm sorry, the ears were as big as a man? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. With pointed ears, comma, as big as a man. Yeah, their modifier's dangling. They have to fix that. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just trying to workshop. Just trying to help them out. I'm sorry, she's afraid. Her world has been turned upside down by this giant That's man no excuse owl. for bad grammar. <laughs> All right. The eyes were red and glowing. At first, I thought it was someone playing, someone dressed up, playing a joke, trying to scare us. I laughed at it. We both did. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, sorry. Women are afraid cryptids will kill them. Cryptids are afraid women will laugh at them. <laughs> they laughed at it, and it went up in the air, and we both screamed. <laughs> when it went up, you could see its feet were like pinchers. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of, and this is like such a funny thing. Um, Addison, you are familiar with my very small dog, Rocco. I am. He's good. So I have, I have two dogs. Um, the one which is more more or less my sister's dog, Rocco, and he is a uh, Jack Russell Corgi mix. He is perfect in every way, shape, and form. He's a good boy. But he has a very peculiar personality in that, um, one, he is like very, very intent on like the rules of the household and insists that they be followed at all times. It's like a tiny, tiny law enforcement dog, and it's great. But also, he... Uh, He's very, very sensitive, and if you you laugh at him or make fun of him, he will get quite upset, and I don't know how he knows, but he does. If you're, like, if you're laughing at him or you think something he just did is funny, like, if he tried to jump up on the couch and didn't quite make it because he has tiny corgi legs on a Jack Russell body, um, then, like, he will get very upset, and he will, like, get all worked up and then storm out of the room, and it's the funniest thing. I'm just imagining the owl man being, like, the same way. Oh, yeah. Like, he shows up to, like, hiss at these girls, he's like... And they're like, oh, my God, that's so weird. And he's like, fine, fine, no, screw you. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, is he's, yeah, he's just, I don't like being laughed at either. You know what? What? I bet that's why he went to Chicago. <laughs> the owl man realized his approach wasn't working and figured if people are going to laugh at me, then I'm going to control why they're laughing and then went to stand up improv school. Oh, man. Did you know that the Chicago owl man is a student at the Second City? Did you know? <laughs> He's doing amazing, apparently. He's so funny. I've heard his timing is phenomenal. He just yes-ands like nobody's business. I don't have enough knowledge of improv to keep this joke going, so I'm just looking at yes, you. Yes, yeah. and yeah, exactly. there are more jokes we can make about improv. <laughs> I don't... I don't have anything... No, it's okay. That was my improv yeah. joke. Button. Blackout. Laughter. Okay. I went to Sketchfest last year. Okay. Hey, Cryptid Keepers, this is Alex. Just uh, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. This is me dropping in to give you a little bit of information on this week's sponsor, which is Studio Headphones. Studio is aiming to revolutionize the way people see headphones as not just a tech device, but also an accessory. Currently, the headphones market can offer you one of two things, style or technology. Fashionable headphones tend to lack sound quality, and high-tech variations are bulky and not that great looking. Don't look good on your Insta, you know what I'm saying? Studio is looking to bridge that gap. While emphasizing modern Scandinavian design, they also provide a product that matches the quality of even the highest rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost with free worldwide shipping. 
Addison and I both have studio headphones. We love them. I have the uh, studio tray earbuds, which are excellent. They have in-ear wingtips and just impeccable sound quality and battery life that are great for an active lifestyle. And Addison has the Regents, which are the premium on-ear model with impeccable clarity and instrumental tones and balanced sound and over 24 hours of active battery life. That's 20 days of standby time. They're an incredible option and they have uh, these replaceable ear caps. So you can change up the style on the go, however you want. Right now, if you go to Studio to order headphones, not only will you get the free shipping, but you can use our discount code for our listeners, which is Keeper15, K-E-E-P-E-R-1-5, which gives you 15% off any of your purchases. So please go ahead and check them out. Addison and I both love ours. We can speak for them from personal experience, and I hope that you guys will like them too. So thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll let you get back to the episode. Two other girls also reported seeing the creature at about the same time and gave similar descriptions. According to Jonathan Downs, what's up, author of a book called The Owl Man and Others. Oh. Imagine making second billing to The Owl Man. That probably feels bad for all the others who read that. They're yeah, like, mm, others. They're like, oh, wow, really? That's like when they listed um, uh, uh, Cheetah Rivera as, like, uh, and guest. Oh, it was Rita Moreno. Not Cheetah Rivera, Rita Moreno. Sorry, I mixed up, mixed up my, uh, mixed up my ladies who were in West Side Story. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I mixed up my West Side Story ladies. When they listed Rita Moreno as guest, that's what that feels yeah. like. It's not good. All right. A young woman, only identified as Miss Opie, claimed to see a monster like a devil flying up through the trees in 1978. And then Shields closed his 1976 letter on the Owlman with the words, I really don't know what to think. It's as if a whole load of weirdness has been let loose in the area since the last autumn. According to Downs, the period between autumn of 1975 and spring of 1977 was indeed filled with a whole load of weirdness <laughs> in Southern Cornwall. And that, that's actually the next thing I want to talk about. There's a lot of weird stuff that was going on in this area that wasn't necessarily Owlman related, but may or may not have been. And this is from weirdology.com, spelled W-Y-R-D-ology.com. Gotcha. So... And they talk about a lot of the weird stuff that started happening in Cornwall around the Owlman story. During the spring of 1976, the weather in Cornwall went through extreme shifts between unusual heat waves and cold snaps. Animals behaved strangely. There are reports of packs of dogs, cats, and birds terrorizing people. In addition, there was an upsurge in UFO reports. Add to all of this the fact that Monon Church is reportedly situated on a ley line, and the whole thing becomes worthy of investigation. Do you know much about ley lines? Not a lot. Okay. Well, basically, I was I wanted to talk about them just in case the, our listeners didn't know as well. It opened up the door for me to talk a little bit about ley lines, which is good because they're not necessarily a cryptid, but they are like a supernatural interesting thing I think about a lot. So they're a nice little, there's a nice little introduction to them on Weirdology, but I'm just going to kind of give you the gist. But um, they're mainly a British interest, but uh, lay research has spread to most countries of the world. It derives from Leia, an area of open country. Okay. So basically, the concept of ley lines was first suggested by Alfred Watkins in 1921 and then popularized by his 1925 book, The Old Straight Track. He noticed while walking in Herefordshire that Herefordshire, that a number of significant places were in clear visual alignment. A lot of significant areas were in alignment with each other, like you could draw lines between them on maps. Oh, okay. On studying detailed maps of the area, he went on to find a number of other such strange lines on the landscape, what we now call ley lines. Watkins was not the first to notice these remarkable alignments. He referred back to a paper by G.H. Piper, which noted, A line drawn from the Skiridfar Mountain northwards to Arthur's Stone would pass over the camp and southernmost point of Hatterall Hill, Old Castle, Longtown Castle, and 
Yurishe and Snodhill castles. Basically, ley lines are undeniable things. Like, there are, but it's what do they mean? Like, it is, like, an undeniable fact that there are a lot of, like, you can draw straight lines on maps and pass mm-hmm. through a lot of significant locations. It's it's the idea of, like, what is the significance according to people who talk about them. That a lot of people think they have, like, a mystical new age or paranormal significance. Some people Alien associate them with, yes, some, yeah. some people associate them with UFOs. Um, and the, some people suggest they appear on other planets as well. And so some people consider them to be an anthropological artifact. But the mystical significance, a mystical approach allocates to, allocated to these lines suggests deeper significance or power. It's hypothesized that the power could be sensed, consciously or otherwise, by mystics uh, and the seers responsible for selecting ancient sites. Like the idea of like, people long ago were more sensitive to like the energies right. of the universe <clears throat> and knew that things should, significant sites should be built in alignment with where this energy is traveling. Like the idea is things are built on these like energetic lines, right? So an alternate mystic view reverses the causality and suggests the presence of the sites on the ley lines creates a power. But regardless, the idea is that ley lines or the lines connecting these significant places suggest a mystical significance or an energy convergence. So having this place be on um, having this place be situated on a ley line is an, just an interesting additional factor yeah, with the really sightings cool. of the Alaman and the UFO sightings and all of that. Um, and uh, the unusual goings-on in Cornwall at the time can be connected to the Alaman story in many possible ways. To a skeptic, it suggests a possible wave of mass hysteria, and that's totally fair. When uh, one person's saying, I was attacked by a pack of birds in this area, and another person's saying there's a giant man-bird attacking people, or sh- not really mm-hmm. attacking people, but flying up around them and making them scream, that's fair that people can just kind of get wrapped up in that. Another possibility is that there really was something strange in the region at the time, possibly some sort of freak earth energy or other power, or Mercury was in retrograde, I added that, all right. This could possibly be connected with the unusual weather and animal behavior. If this were the case, then even if the sightings were hallucinations, they would remain interesting as another symptom of whatever was really going on at the time. Of course, the irresistible connection is with the local UFO sightings. Is it at all possible that the owl man was actually an alien visitor passing through or possibly an alien pet that had somehow escaped. Oh, what? I love that. <laughs> There's a lot of fun stuff that brings up. I was really excited to find that little piece from Weirdology because it brought in a lot of other kind of fun stuff that I hadn't really thought about in relation yeah, to the alien. I like that a lot. I still prefer my pet theory that he's uh, Solus, the great prince of hell, visiting and trying to teach the local youths about astrology and poisonous plants. But and improv know. comedy. And improv comedy. Did you know that that's also in Solus's domain? But... That's pretty much everything I wanted to cover with the Owlman. Uh, I want to double check, make sure I didn't miss any of my sightings. Cool. So I know you wanted me to do like a Venn diagram with the Mothman. Please talk to me about Owlman versus Mothman. Yeah, I will say that I I really don't think there are a lot of similarities. I mean, there are some similarities in general, like anthropological setup, right? Like the wingspan and the glowing red eyes and like the long legs, like that's, that all works for me. Like that is fine. But um, where I'm running into like a huge problem is just intent. And, like, location specificity I get. Um, the, like, the commute of the owl man is, is a little weird. Yeah. Part of, like, Mothman's whole deal. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, my cat got in. Part of Mothman's whole deal is that regional specificity. Like, there are very yeah. specific reasons why Mothman is in West Virginia. And even more specifically, the area of West Virginia in which Mothman resides. And I'll talk more about that when we eventually stop asking me, do our Mothman episode. Yes. Um, because I know people are, like, asking for that. And the answer to when we will do a Mothman episode is when I'm good and ready. Um, That's right. It's in the works. I just, I, like, well, okay. For one thing, 
And I know you feel this way too. I don't want to just like burn through all the really cool, big, good cryptids and then leave ourselves for like the next three years, like yeah. scrambling for things like the beaver shark, yeah. you know, like I want to keep some sort of sense of continuity going. And I think that it's like important to space those out a bit. Um, two, the Mothman is a subject that I am extremely passionate about. And so I'm not going to do the Mothman until I feel like we've really gotten into like a flow for how we want these episodes to go and like have have really, I think, hit our stride, which is like starting to definitely happen. The last few episodes, I personally feel, have been excellent. Um, there's also a very specific guest that we, and I maybe shouldn't say this on air, but there is a very specific guest that we already have lined up for the Mothman episode. We just haven't been able to like work out the specifics and the details and logistics of that yet but like it will come and when it does come you guys are gonna love it but <laughs> stop asking me when we're gonna do a mothman patience episode. is a virtue my children that's right anyway all right the mothman like for me is a very purpose-oriented cryptid yeah you know how sometimes we have cryptids that are like um tied to a specific location or cryptids that are tied to like a specific set of circumstances or cryptids that just have like a particular I guess, motive. And for me, the Mothman is a very, like, motive-based cryptid, which is, like, sort of a bit of a divisive view in the Mothman community, but that's my take on it. Uh And so the Owlman, to me, doesn't seem to have that. So I I definitely have to make that distinction between them. I think if the Mothman and the Owlman have similarities, it's literally just in visual alone. And that's that's all there is to that. That's what I was thinking as well. It 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 seems very disingenuous to like, link those two cryptids in any way aside from they're both flying things with red eyes. Yeah, just like I wouldn't say, like, that Bigfoot and werewolves are the same just because they're both large, hairy humanoids. Like, yeah, that's exactly. not... I mean, it's a Bray Road. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, who is in a class all his own. All but, his own, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I think that there are definitely some, like, cool visual similarities to note between the Owlman and the Mothman. I don't know that they mean anything. Yeah, absolutely. Correlation does not imply causation. So. Oh, totally. Yes, thank you. Thank you for those thoughtful words. Um, I have one more Chicago-based Owlman sighting I wanted to talk about, and then I want to move into my other little friend I brought with me very briefly, the beaver shark. Is it your cat? Because your cat is... No, my cat is here. She did come in. I don't know how she got the door open, but she is in here now. Side note. the girl. I need to... I want to acknowledge that I know my energy is really weird this episode, and I do not know why, but uh, before... Just because of all the drugs she's on. It's just because of all the drugs I'm on, guys. No, um, only drug in my body is caffeine, and it's caffeine. It's just caffeine. But before you set to set to get in your t- stretching out your tweeting fingers to tell me to tell me that I'm obnoxious, I already know. I beat you to it. You don't have to tell me what I already know. I know some of you will because that's how the internet works. But oh no, <laughs> no. I mean, people on the internet love to tell you things you already know. Is what I mean. I think you've experienced this at this point. I have. How many people on the internet have been hurting you? (laughs) All of them. Oh, no. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, Yeah, let's hear more about Chicago. Okay. Um, I do love Chicago. It's one of my favorite cities. So let's talk about the Owlman. This was another sighting from April of 2017. This was April 15th, 2017. Um, This is another sighting. I won't share all of them. There are actually more. You can probably find them by looking them up, but they're all very similar. So I wasn't going to just sit here and read kind of various versions of almost the exact same account for however long when I have beaver sharks to get to. So... Uh, Chicago Owlman, uh, seen again by multiple witnesses. This is also from Phantoms and Monsters. We've got Chicago, Illinois, 2017, um, April 4th, April 4th, April 15th. I arrived for work at 2 a.m. at the Chicago International Produce Market, just off Damon, and as I was walking across the parking lot, a bunch of guys were staring up at the sky. I looked up and saw the biggest freaking owl I have ever seen. I'm six foot two, and I'm guessing this thing was at least a foot taller than me. 
Oh, no. <laughs> it was completely black except for it having bright yellowish, reddish eyes, like a cat. It stood there for a minute or two, staring at everyone before shooting up into the sky and disappearing. It made everyone feel very uneasy and only took off after some guy threw some rocks at it. Have you ever seen a cat with red eyes? Only in a scary movie. Yeah, I have not. I, I don't think there's ever a case when I would say it had red eyes, like a cat. I feel like yellowish, reddish, this person, this person, this friend, I think they're looking for the word orange. <laughs> I think so. Look, I've Which seen, I have seen. Yeah, no, I've seen that. Uh, my dog has orange eyes. Yeah. But, yeah, that's weird. I think when they say yellowish, reddish, they're looking for the word orange. I think that's <laughs> but anyway, all that can mean. Um, someone threw a rock at it. Some rocks at it. Sorry. It made everyone feel very uneasy and only took off after some guys threw some rocks at it. It had wings on it like an owl, only bigger, and you could hear it flap those wings when it took off. It made this sound as it took off and flew away that sounded like a truck's brakes when they're burned out. Oh, man. It flew up and flew in a wide circle, making that sound once more and then flew off in the direction of the Stevenson Express... the Stevenson Expressway. We stood around for a few minutes and looked at it, or sorry, we stood around and looked for it for a few minutes, but it never came back. I'm reporting this because there's no way that was an owl. It stood upright like a man, Thank just you. really, really tall. This uh, this screechy brake sound noise makes me think of like, um, I know in the one episode we were talking about dinosaur ghosts, mm, like how Nessie might be a yeah. dinosaur ghost, and I think that maybe the owl man's a dinosaur ghost. Pterodactyl? Well, yeah, I mean, one of a various number of, of flying... A flying dino feather of dinosaurs. some... Yeah, flying feathered dinosaurs. So There's a lot we still don't know about dinosaurs, but, um, but we the do feather know, thing is coming in. Yeah, mind. we do know the feathers, and that would make a lot of sense. But um, I don't want to discuss this with anyone and would prefer to remain anonymous. I don't imagine anyone would believe me anyways. One of the guys I work with who saw this thing said it made him feel very uneasy, like a scared kid, and he was glad someone threw a rock and made it fly away. Please don't throw a rock at the owl man. And this account comes to you from... Gavin. <laughs> this is from Gavin. Uh, Gavin says... Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. Um, that was, yeah. And there are so many more, actually. But I just... They're all very similar. And yeah, I have other wild. things to get to. So, yeah. But yeah, pretty wild. Pretty darn wild. Um, that's the Owl Man, the Chicago Owl Man, slash the Cornwall Owl Man, probably taking a little trip to learn improv comedy. I do have to say that for all of my ribbing on Chicago, I do genuinely like Chicago. We know you like Chicago. Yeah, I know. I've been there once and I spent like a really, really excellent week in Chicago and I really enjoyed it. It's like top of my list for places to do a Crypto Keeper Mm -hmm. live show when we, when we get to that point. Also, anyone looking to hire me as voiceover talent, please don't listen to the accent I did in this episode. Oh, yeah, now. Please don't me, the Owl Man. You all right, love? I'm here to knock on your tent. You all right, love? It's me, Owl Man. Here to give you a fright, innit? <laughs> here to give you a fright, innit? Me and the lads. Fancy a cheeky Nando's of me and the lads. Yikes. Please don't throw a rock at me. <laughs> I'm the Owl Man. I'm the Owl Man. Okay. <laughs> it's me, Gavin Owlman. <laughs> oh no, Gavin. <laughs> do, you think, do you think? I don't know. Is Gavin the Owl Man? I'm, I'm just saying I've never seen Gavin and Owl Man in the same room together. <laughs> I've never seen Gavin or the Owl Man. <laughs> oh, the mystery deepens. <laughs> Does it? All right, anyway. So I would like to now, one, show you one more piece of art about the uh, Owl Man, which is just this fun little sketch that makes oh, it look beautiful. very much like a barn owl. Like a beautiful barn owl holding, like, f- beautiful, like, flowing fabric from its arms. Uh, but anyway... I would like to now talk very briefly about the beaver shark. Um, I'm just going to come right out and say it. There is exactly one thing the beaver shark makes me very excited for. What? And it's for the possibility of a movie that is just Zombiever Sharknado. Oh, man. That's what I'm here for. I want to, like, really quick call out post for Zombievers because it's like a 
bad movie. But Zombie vs. Sharknado is going to be great. Yeah, but here's the thing about it is it's a bad movie that has no right to be the kind of bad that it is. Because it's it's good where it should, where good bad matters. And then the rest of it's just like, just bad in a bad way. And I'm very sad about it because those zombie beaver puppets are the funniest thing I've ever seen oh, in man. my entire life. Anyway, that wasn't anything helpful or productive. It was just, where else do I get to talk about zombievers? I don't have anywhere else. So I want to talk about the beaver shark. The zombie for Sharknado. Okay. So... This is the Urban Dictionary definition, and it's not anything weird. Don't worry. It's literally just definition of the okay. creature. I mean, it is something weird, but not the way <laughs> well. Urban Dictionary normally is weird. So we've got beaver sharks are an indigenous species to Pine Mountain, Georgia, and are found in the lakes of Callaway Gardens. They prefer deeper water, but occasionally can be spotted near shore, especially at dawn or dusk. They have buck teeth and a beaver tail with a body reminiscent of a shark. Adult beaver sharks can grow up to three feet long. Beaver sharks feed on large fish and turtles and have been known to bite human children. Wait, so they're... They're small. They're little. I don't know why that particular piece of information is the aspect of this that destroys me, but it does. Like, you could have one in your bathtub. They're small. Yes, they're three feet long. Oh, my God. They're a local legend of Pine Mountain, Georgia. Some are reported, now this is from MysteriousUniverse.org, sometimes reported to have the head of a beaver in the body of a shark, and other times to have the head of a shark in the body of a beaver. Oh, that's so much worse. (laughs) I've also seen it depicted as looking like a beaver, like hairy all over, but having like a dorsal fin like a shark. (laughs) Every single mental image of this is golden. The beaver shark swims in the lakes of Callaway Gardens, preferring deeper water. Used as a warning to youth at local summer camps, the beaver shark makes most of its appearances in places where souvenirs are sold. Now, here's the thing that I was really upset to find no longer exists. Uh-huh. It's a wiki that if you oh, try to open it, it is uh, thetruthaboutbeaversharks.wikispaces.com. And if you try to open it, unfortunately, oh my God. unfortunately, if you try to open it, subscription expired. No! I'm really upset. No, this was an important resource. I know. The truth about beaver sharks. The truth about beaver sharks, and I'll never know the truth. And that's the thing that keeps me up the, up at night. That's the thing that gets me, man, is that's, I'll never know the truth. That's the reason you were up so late last night. Yes, I'll never know. You're thinking about the beaver sharks. And how I'll never know the truth. Yep, yep, the truth no, about beaver sharks. That's a lot. There is apparently a beaver shark documentary. I have not watched it. It's, it's not like a- zombie beavers. It's, yes, but also, no, incorrect. There's, but like, it's not like a real documentary, so I don't understand it's like what it is. No, it's not fictional. I don't know what it is. It's like just some, it's just someone's YouTube video. It's like a five minute huh. YouTube video that someone's like, beaver shark documentary. There's also a Beaver Shark Facebook page. Beaver Shark documentary could just be the name of their indie band. Mm-mm. No, it's not. The one it's going to be the name of my indie band. I know what you're thinking. First, before I talk, talk a little bit more about the uh, Beaver Shark, there's a Facebook page, a Beaver Shark Facebook page that I enjoyed very much. But first, I need you to know that according to Mental Floss, the Beaver Shark's name, uh, like its Latin name, is Maximus Bitemus. No, that's so much. Beaver Shark sounds like something that would be like the name of a like a middle school varsity team, like in the Avatar The Last Airbender universe. <laughs> yes, actually. Like, oh, the Beaver Sharks. Just in general sounds like a creature from the, yeah, yeah, from the Avatar The Last Airbender universe. Um, it lives in Black Mountain, North Carolina, or Pine Mountain, Georgia, or Maryland, or South Carolina, depending on where you happen to visit. <laughs> it's wherever you are. Yes. Maybe you were the cryptid all along. Yes, exactly. They prefer their its preferred environment is youth summer camps, especially those with boating classes. That's amazing. However, oh gosh, they also it. live near tourist destinations and are sometimes found in gift shops. Wow, what a weird coincidence. Yeah, what a weird coincidence. That's remarkable. 
Um, also, really quickly in my searches, I did stumble across, I'm about to open it, um, I did stumble upon a Facebook page for the beaver shark that, uh, that I enjoyed. It is, here it is. It has 72 likes. It's about, just says, beaver sharks are real. Here is its main picture. It's just a beaver with a photoshopped dorsal fin. Um, I'm sorry, you're saying photoshop, and <laughs> what I'm seeing is completely and totally, like, just valid and accurate. And all the posts are just people talking about beaver sharks and trying to prove the existence of beaver sharks and pe- pictures of uh, beaver shark, supposedly beaver shark bones. There are only a few posts. I'm going to read you all of the posts now because there are not very many. The first post is... Where are you beaver sharks located at? The second post is seal see real beaver shark teeth with a bunch of exclamation points. What? <laughs> the next post is be careful. Summer camp can only mean more beaver shark attacks. The next post is always use the buddy system, especially when swimming. We don't know exact habitats for beaver sharks yet. Then there's the urban dic- dictionary definition with the link. Then there's a picture of an actual ancient pot with actual beaver sharks on it. Oh, man. It's just a shark. Oh man, and actual a beaver sharks. Then there's a picture of what is supposed to be the skeleton of the lower jaw of a beaver shark. That could be a skeleton of anything's lower jaw. I know. Yes. Ah. And then it says, where life vests and beaver shark infested lakes and ponds, beaver sharks hate foam in their teeth. Then there's supposedly an actual beaver shark sighting. This is such like a Bailey School Kids yes. thing. I can't get over it. Then any recent beaver shark sightings with no comments. <laughs> then. <laughs> The cold weather coming back, too bad, too. The beaver sharks were just about to come out of hibernation. Oh my gosh. This page has to be self-aware, right? I don't know. Then there's a couple more pictures, and then the last post was on October 15th, 2012. It was, it might be longer before beaver sharks go into hibernation. The weather around here is really warming up again. And that's the last post they ever made. Oh no! It was longer before the beaver sharks went into hibernation. They got him! They got him! He's gone! They got our informant! Oh, wow. I just was really pleased by that discovery because I'm almost certain that page was being run by a child. No, no. It was run by whoever was running the truth about beaver sharks and they got shut down by the government. That's where they went. It has to be. Um, Okay, anyway, so I think that's probably going to do us for today. It's probably survival tips for both. I've got to really quickly because we don't talk about this very often. The owl man. The, The biggest survival tip I can think of is just please don't laugh at him. Instead, when you see him... Throw rocks. Don't throw rocks. The rock throwing works. Don't torment him. Just ask him. You can learn from him. Ask him for some lessons. Ask him for some lessons in short form improv and astronomy and poisonous plants. To be fair, all pretty cool things. See what he has to teach you. You never know what you may learn. Every day is a new opportunity to learn something, and the Owl Man is just here to dispense knowledge. So instead of screaming at him or laughing at him or throwing a rock at him, you (laughs) monster, you (laughs) savage, just ask him what he's here to teach you. And then for the beaver shark, I think they said it pretty, pretty well. Use the buddy system when you go swimming and wear a life jacket because beaver sharks hate foam in their teeth. Don't go to summer camp. Um, and if you do, wait an hour after eating before you go in the water. Yeah. Beaver sharks hate foam in their teeth. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, do we have any new Patreon donors to thank? We do. Let me go in. I kind of had a feeling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let me go in my, let me go in my email. Well, Addison is looking for this. This is as good a time as any to tell you. Um, I ran a poll the other day, and it looks like we're going to be adding something new to our Patreon content, which is going to be recorded actual play sessions of the Monster of the Week campaign that we are starting. I'm saying this on air now to hold myself accountable for actually editing this audio and getting myself on the air. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, me and I'm going to be uh, the keeper or the, the this game's term for the GM for a I don't know how long it'll be, but we'll do at least a couple episodes of a campaign of Monster of the Week. 
Um, Addison's going to be on it as well, as well yes. as um, Andrew Giada, the composer for our show. And uh, then we'll also have our friend Tim on it. And it's going to be a really great time. It's going to be, uh, without giving too much about the setting away, it's going to be set in a fictional town in Alaska, just outside of the Gates of the Arctic, which is the least visited national park in the United States, in case you were wondering. Amazing. Pretty cool stuff. I'm really excited. It's been a lot of fun world building for it. We have some cool theme music. So they're going to be like full length episodes up on our Patreon. And those will probably be open to, I would think, any donor tier, but I'm not positive. So um, stay tuned for more news on that. Um, don't have like a name for it yet, but we have some some basic concept work coming up. And those should be going up in the next couple of weeks. Amazing. Okay. So I need to thank, uh, of the tier that uh, involves a thank live on the episode, live, live for me, not for you, live on the episode, I would like to thank Midge Moxie and Justin Marshall for becoming- nice. Uh, patrons of that tier. Thank you very much for your generosity. It is very much appreciated. And yeah, your stars. Um, one more quick shout out to the sponsor that I'll have to go back and put a mid-roll ad in for because oh, I yeah. totally forgot to, but to Studio Headphones. They are based out of Sweden and they have just some incredible, incredible products. Love them to pieces. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the ad copy, which for you will have happened before this point. So time's just getting all weird. It's wibbly. It's wobbly. It's circular. It's a river. It flows and bends. All but right. Just a reminder to check out Studio Headphones and to use the, either the link in our episode or our promo code, which is Keeper15 for your discount. Yes, and I haven't plugged our socials in a hot minute, so if you're a listener who, for some reason, hasn't figured out how to find us on social media yet, uh, I will remind you that we are on Facebook under the Cryptic Keeper. We are on Twitter at Crypt Keep Pod. That is C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. We are on Facebook in our Facebook group where you can come hang out with us. That is the Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group. And we're on SoundCloud, Patreon, pretty much just search the Cryptic Keeper in Google, you'll find us. And also, as always, our music is by Andrew Giada. So anything else? I think that'll do it. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.